Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. I'm Nicole BZ, and you know everything. Today, in this episode, we're gonna, you know, talk about talk about the business stuff. Cause that's that's what I love. And I've been balls deep in Web3. Uh, I think the next episode that's coming out is going to be all about that. But if you've been paying any attention on my socials or the articles I'm writing or the blogs or the little, 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 you would know I'm kind of obsessed, which is what happens. I'd like full one line it and <laughs> go deep. So the reason I'm so obsessed, though, is I think this is like completely reprogramming the the way that business and the way that humans exchange. And I think that's fucking awesome because we attributed value to money and then we're told that our value is determined by monetary value, mainly so that we would work for people so they could make money. And it's cool. I get it. Now we're realizing that monetary value doesn't equate to much other than the representation or the perception of whatever it is we think is important. And so if you're into like the Bugattis and the big lips, cool, money is going to help you get that. But if you're into living in a community that is self-sustaining and growing your own food, also cool. Also, you're going to need some money. So how does business, how does small business, how does independent business, how do our local economies, how does the internet and Web3 and NFTs and cryptocurrency, like how does that all interweave together? And what it all comes down to is this perception of value, right? And the idea of currency in terms of this flow, this movement, the endless and unseen exchange of value that's literally happening all of the time, all around us, everywhere. And, you know, you can move around to different parts of your own physical world and see where there is a very fast, very rapid exchange occurring with lots of zeros and ones. And then you can see where there's a very slow, very stagnant exchange, if, if any exchange, with not as many zeros and ones. And all that has to do with is perception. And why we might hoard and hold and slow this pace of exchange or why we might speed it up and display it and make that exchange as flashy and eye-grabbing and attention-holding as possible. Now, in our own worlds, whether that be a combination of physical and digital, I like to think of this in terms of business. And to me, business is our world, what we take seriously and our freedom our, our ability to choose what we want has to do with our own agency in our own worlds, how we perceive our ability to act, move, and exchange. And I love business because to me, this construct, this, this understanding of I initiating an exchange and determining the value of it and making a promise so that upon that exchange, something is given or taken, right? And that can happen if you have a job. That can happen if you're a professional. That can happen even if you're, quote unquote, not working for my caretakers in the world or my creators in the world that are, are being, and granted, they're working their fucking asses off. But we, you know, we have not determined that as, quote unquote, valuable. Therefore, there might not be this perceived exchange occurring. So then you get to, you get to create a business, right? You get to take something seriously. You get to, to determine the value for it. 
And that's kind of like the very esoteric way that I, I, I think about it and why I continue to talk about it, why I've positioned myself as a guide, as a facilitator, as a steward of business. What can be really challenging for business when we think in terms of money and cash flow. And I know I've talked about this a lot in different episodes. I'll link to those in the show notes. But where we're kind of at now is this idea of currency, flow. There is movement. And in business, we call this movement cash flow. The money in and the money out in your business. And when the money is coming in, relying on that money, coming in, investing, you know, knowing how you're going to leverage that money as in what you're going to do with that money and when. Absolutely crucial because money is going to go out, right? You're going to have expenses. You're going to need to pay for tools and resources. You might be paying for people to support you, to help you, to guide you, to teach you. You might be paying for access to be able to participate in certain places, so on and so forth, right? And where I see so many people (laughs) freaking the fuck out is they don't like get it. And and that's to no fault of their own. This is not coming from a a judgmental place. But they've been so concerned with the money in and so avoidant and ashamed of the money out (laughs) that they don't see the flow. They they don't see the pattern. They don't don't know if any, you know, if you're listening to this, where you are in the world, like with the ocean, the tides come in, the tides go out. We know that, you know, they, they follow moon cycles, time of day, seasons, storms. You can predict waves. And you can predict the size of waves. And what happens in waves is there's typically about seven waves before you get a lull. And so, you know, as a surfer, as a swimmer, as someone who's trying to not die in the ocean, if the waves start to get too big, too crazy, you know that if you can start counting on the seventh or eighth wave, the next one's going to be smaller. It's sort of where the ocean pulls back. And I'm not like a tidologist, (laughs) not a doctor, okay? But having swum in the ocean, I was taught, you know, count to seven. And on that seventh or eighth one, you can make it back into shore because the, the tide always pulls back, the waves always pull back, and then they start again. And your, your cash flow, the seasonality, the patterns, the movements in your business are the same. And now if you're new in business, you might not have enough experience, enough data, enough time to really understand that. Then step it back and look at your life. Your business should support you. It should be something that you love, that you are interested in, that you're exploring. And knowing that you don't have enough data to be able to predict this then look at your life. There's going to be times when money goes in. There's going to be times when money goes out. And understanding those times, understanding how to work with those times, that's going to give you security. Not because you have a lot of money, but because your ego, your your limbic system needs to know, like, can we pay our bills? Can we put food on the table? Can we take care of the people that are depending on us? And so that's where cash flow is amazing because you can take this step back and make it less about how much am I selling, how much am I spending, and more just about when does the money come in, when does the money go out. So I will start with how do you create some of that security? It's the money in, right? Or it's the having of the money. It's the knowing that I can pay the bills. So first things first, what are your expenses? And if you don't know the answer to that question, you're fucking normal. Most people people that I talk to have so much energy. And I say energy because I mean like it's such an extreme situation for them. They avoid it. They don't look at it. They are scared. 
And this isn't an episode about how to transform that or your money mindset or your stories around money or any of that. Heaps of that in the anti-business school. I have tons of resources. You know where to find me if you want to tease that one out. But what I will say is get a handle on what you spend with the money going out. Don't, don't even worry about it. You know, get a bank statement from one month, get a credit card statement from one month, get any loans or debts from one month. That's going to give you a snapshot of what's going out every month. Now, that's not, you know, you need to like look at like quarterly and monthly, blah, blah, blah. But the point being like, just start somewhere anywhere. The fastest way to make more money, to have a higher, a larger profit margin is to spend less. And I know for some people, they are at the edge. I have been there for years and years and years. I totally get it. I know what it's like to go to the grocery store and have to put items back. I know what it's like to not be able to go to the grocery store. I also know what it's like to go to Whole Foods and be like, let's get whatever we want. So with that, also, when I put stuff back at the grocery store, no shame, no shame in my game. <laughs> like, I just, I'm aware of the money in, the money out. I've, I've had to be for as long, for, for as long as I've been an adult. And that allows me to like, it like tracks in the background now, which is fucking cool, but it took 10 years of practice, 10 years of attention, 10 years of just tuning into what's the money in, the money out to get there. In business, the leanest equation to think about, and I say this not to tell you what to do, but just to give you an anchor point, depending on where you're at in your journey. And I don't give a shit if you're running a multi-billion dollar conglomerate or if you're running a solopreneur crafts endeavor, or maybe you're just like cooking for your neighbors. 30% of your income, that's what you want to be spending. And that includes well, depending on your structure, that like I was going to say that includes paying yourself. That doesn't. Where I get this from is profit first. And the reason I love profit first, it is not my system. Look it up. It's There's Michael McCallowitz on YouTube. There's like a 90-minute video. It'll in detail walk you through how to do it. There's a book also in detail walk you through how to do it. Got a certification. It's not necessary. <laughs> like, But what I like about it is I have applied this in not billion dollar companies, no, but in multi-million dollar, very old, very established um, energy, privately funded companies to immediately increase profit margins by like 10%, which, I mean, do the math if you're a multi-million dollar company, right? Also with somebody who doesn't even know what they make, they've not started charging yet. The reason for this is that if you can keep expenses at approximately 30%, it doesn't matter how big your business is going to get. You're always going to make more money. You're going to be able to pay yourself more. You're going to have more profit. It will be sustainably scalable. And I'm going to leave it at that because the, the, the conversation is not around how to profit first or how to sustainably scale or how to get a healthy relationship with your expenses and your money. <laughs> it's just simply to understand cash flow, right? So when we know what's going out, we know when, we know approximately how much. That gives us some certainty, that gives us some security, and that just simply allows to make growth-oriented, creative, expansive decisions in our business. But most importantly, we start to see this ebb and flow. It goes in, it goes out, and you get to be in charge of that. It's the other caveat of the profit first. Look at all the money that comes in, allocate it to your different spending spaces, so salary or what you pay yourself, owner's drawings in the United States tax, a little bit of, you know, the rainy day slush fund, fuck you fund, and then expenses. And then on a separate day or in a separate space, the money goes out and you then 
create this pull and create this push, right? And, I, and you can't see me. My hand is moving in like an infinity symbol right now, okay? So from there, we get to talk about income and currency. This is where you can call in. You can turn on that faucet. And that takes time, my friend, to create the ability to just turn on the flow of cash into your business is why I get so fucking excited about this, why I think that business ownership, that actually taking what you love seriously and putting a structure around it so that you can depend on it is the way to unplug from the matrix. And with you know technology and Web3, now we become the programmers of the matrix, right? So cash flow can be something you are in charge of. That might hit hard because it might feel like it is completely out of your control right now, that it is, it is you are at the mercy of your environment, of your customers, clients, and buyers, of the political fucking mayhem that's going on out there. Like, and, and yes, all of that is happening. But what I can tell you is there, when you start thinking of money as this value, this exchange, as something you turn on or you turn off, you can, you can control the flow and you can turn it on when it makes sense. Everything shifts. I was speaking about this with a client yesterday who so excited calls me and says, BZ, I, I've, I've been like counting down the minutes. Guess what? Guess what? And I was like, oh, okay, tell me. And they hit their financial target for the entire year at June 6th. And that was $200,000 to put in their pocket. Okay. That was double what they made last year which is 2021, not, you know, not the easiest year. And this is, I'm not, I'm not even going to get into the, to the industry or, or how this person operates, but what we've been playing with is this concept of cash flow. When do you want to turn the faucet on? When do you want to turn the faucet off? What's happening in your business around that, right? Because I'll like, yeah, so there, there's so much I can say about this, but we're, we're going to, we're going to focus BZ. We're going to, we're going to streamline this. How do you create cash flow? We talked about the money out. That is a crucial component of cash flow. It needs to go somewhere. So knowing what expenses are getting paid, knowing what you're saving for in terms of investing in your business, knowing that you're going to be paying bonuses out at the end of the year, you want to pay bonuses at some point, you want to add benefits, you want to, you know, all of those things. You're going to be scaling, you're going to be hiring. Like that's, that is important for the flow, knowing where it's all going to go. So how is it going to come in? First and foremost, you just got to nail one one way of making money. <laughs> and you know, you'll hear you'll hear this this idea of multi-passionate, of of diversifying your income. And and I've got both hands and all 10 toes raised on this one as well. Cause I'm a fucking spaz. And what I will say very transparently is had I just focused on one thing, I'd be fucking dominating. I am doing really well in a variety of things, but I'm doing okay. Why? Because and also full transparency, I, I needed to know that if one thing fell over, I had a couple other ways of making money. That was, I've talked about this a bunch of different times, but you know, knowing there's a residual amount of income, there's a set amount of income coming in so that I have security in my experience. And so that's why the property, that's why the investments, that's why the financial consulting firm, that's why some of the marketing agencies or nonprofits or physical product companies that I've, I've gotten into is because I always had this matrix going. That split my attention though. Therefore, everything took longer. But because I had cash flow, I was okay with that. I wasn't in a rush. If you are struggling to create the cash flow and the certainty, 
and the security, I would suggest focusing on one thing that can make you money. And my friend, that might not be your business at first. Okay. It doesn't fucking matter. I, I implore entrepreneurs and creators and visionaries and trailblazers and rebels and rule breakers to create whatever support they need so that they can take that leap of faith. So if your one stream of income is like a, is like a you know, job, that's fucking cool, man. Nail that and then start building the other. And then once you feel like that is stable enough, there's enough coming in that you can start to grow, build on top of that. So this is where NFTs, cryptocurrencies, all of the stuff that's happening on the blockchain and in, on the internet, aka Web3, becomes exciting because it's another place you can play. And for most businesses, most terrestrial physical businesses, to just simply take what they've been doing in the physical world and then expand upon that on the blockchain and give people access that way, even if it's simply just taking a cryptocurrency as payment, is a way of diversifying. And it's not going to cost you anything else except for time. And you can then start creating alternative streams of income. And from there, you're now working with a community, the people, your customers, clients, buyers who have been supporting you. And perhaps they've, they've never been able to actually buy from you because you have a terrestrial business. And so you've been limited in the physical world by the physicality of it. Like, you know, they don't live down the street or they moved or, you know, my favorite fucking yoga studio is in L.A., and I've been to every yoga studio in every city that I fucking travel to. And if you know me, I, am, I live on the road. I have never been able to even come close to one down dog in Los Angeles, California, now with three locations serving you. <laughs> but no, like, I fucking adore this studio. It is the, I, okay, I'm not, this, isn't, this isn't actually an advertisement, but what happened with COVID? They went online. I can now stream, I can participate live, I can be a part of the One Down Dog community because of the internet. That's fucking amazing. They've diversified their income stream and they're not, they're not doing anything differently. They're putting up a fucking webcam and using a microphone. Might have cost them $100. You know, running the platform, getting all the tech up, extra time, sure. And then now they have this school. They have this whole online yoga school, right? So, I mean, school in terms of all the classes that are being offered, they also offer certifications, blah, blah, blah. That's what's cool about tech, but to get bring it back to the diversification, just find something else that you love in your business after you have a reliable stream of income, <laughs> so on and so forth. That's how you diversify, right? Now, most of the people that I get to work with, and I would assume most, you know, you listening, you are not short for ideas. You have thousands of millions of ideas all of the time. And if you've truly stepped into this place of knowing you are an artist, you're a creative, and you know me, I think we are all artists. We've just not flexed that muscle. We've not been training that muscle. And as you start to, like, the ideas are just going to start coming. Talk about currency. Talk about the ebb and flow, right? So how do you filter? <laughs> and I've, I've, I know I've talked about this. I don't remember which episode. But it, it can actually be quite simple, and especially when you're looking at diversifying income. Because not all ideas are going to be ready to launch. Not all of them are going to be in your best interest right now. 
Some of them are going to need to be, I mean, they're all going to need to be implemented, iterated upon and improved. That is the design theory, my friend, and creative confidence. So we'll definitely link to that. But when you when you hit that plateau, whether it's I, there's no more money coming in, like no more additional money, I, I've, I've reached a ceiling here. Or you're like, I'm fucking bored in my business. I'm uninspired. I don't even know if I want to take it to the next level. Or you're freaking the fuck out because it's not working. This is when we start to, to surf, surf the flow, man. <laughs> and, and get really curious. Humble yourself. Put yourself back at the beginning. Just for, just for I don't know if this will help you, but this number keeps floating around in my head, so I'm going to share it. The average business cycle is five and a half years. So what that means is for most people, we're going to start and come to completion in five and a half years. Now, that doesn't mean like your business is going to end or blah, blah, blah. It's the cycle of change. Just be aware that this isn't going to be forever. No fucking business has been forever. And if you talk about like the Coca-Colas or their apples, like their business is their product cycle. And their products, what they're offering, their brand perception, those have been radically reinvented. They're unrecognizable probably every couple of years now, let alone every five years, let alone like the last 50 or 100 years that some of these big brands have been around, right? So give yourself permission to start over and, and use the plateau, whatever it might feel like, even if it's like the downward spiral as the cue to go, oh, all this means is it's time to think about what I'm doing and how I'm doing it a little bit differently. So just know as the leader, as the creator, as the builder, there is a special energy in approaching it or getting back to that like beginner student mind. And, and like oh, there's so many fucking cliches around that. I'm just using this as a reminder. And it's a great place to explore from when you're feeling fucking uninspired, apathetic, or even like freaked out. So, so use that as a space to just take a break, especially if you're in the downward spiral. If you're freaking the fuck out, just stop because that like you can do nothing from that space. Take a time out, take a knee, take a pause and put on that beginner's mindset. You know, this is where you see like that reality TV show where they take like the CEO and hire them as an entry level employee or have them be a customer at like, you know, one of their massive satellite physical locations, it puts them back at the beginning. It puts them at the entry point of either buying, you know, or being a customer or client, or at like as the person at the entry point who is serving them. And it will give you a fuck ton of ideas and points of inspiration and potentially new solutions that can then be implemented as this diversified income, right? Like a new way of making money or a better way of making money. This is, you know, a, a great way to just explore like what next. And I was talking about this actually with an, another client who has been in business for about four years and the business is profitable. The business is doing amazing. She is listening to this. <laughs> so hi. Um, is, is hit a wall and is not sure if she's got the conviction to take it to the next level. And that like you know, when you take that step back and you think, okay, well, you're ending the, ending this cycle. Now that can mean you walk away. That can mean you throw in the fucking towel. 
that can mean you can sell it or that can mean you can you can try this again. But in order to try it again, you're going to need to do it a little bit differently. So we talked about that. Like, what would this business look like if it was your ideal fucking business? And you didn't have to work with the people that you don't want to work with anymore. You didn't have to charge the prices that aren't supporting you anymore. You didn't have to offer classes or courses or products that don't feel like they're in alignment with who you are and what you want to be doing anymore. Like, what if you only have to do this business if it inspires you and excites you? And what would that look like? What would you have to cut away? Like there's a couple of expenses as in human resources that are probably not going to be there in this next iteration. And so kind of going back to the drawing board. So the simplest way of doing this is you just write down all the fucking ideas and they can be completely left of field, a completely different business, getting a new job, whatever it is in the ideation phase. It doesn't matter. There's no rules. You've heard this before. With brainstorming, we don't judge. You just put it all out onto paper. And I heard about this. Mila Kunis was talking about this with Stoner Cats and her NFT collection at Beacon. It takes like, you have to start with a really bad cringe idea. (laughs) And usually after like three or four of the worst ideas ever, you actually kind of start to get somewhere. But like create that safe space. And so they'll joke around at like, you know, her boardroom table or whatever. Like this is a safe space. So I'm just going to throw this idea out there. Like no judgment. But like do that and you will get to some some cool things, okay? Give yourself some space. Don't give yourself 15 minutes in between calls or like in between setting it up and opening, right? Like this, you know, idea, creativity, that flow also deserves its own container and relax, isolate, surround yourself, like whatever tickles your pickle, do it and, and create all these different ideas. Now, when you look at those ideas, Circle the ones that light you the fuck up, that feel super exciting, super expansive. Feel it in your body. When you look at that word on the piece of paper or that sticky note on the wall or, you know, however you capture your ideas. Maybe you've been keeping a notebook that has all your old ideas for the last year. Or if you work with me, we call it the squirrel cage. All the things we just don't have the space or capacity to indulge right now. And it's still just like this fresh fucking ping and download, but like it goes to the squirrel cage so that we can stay focused. And then we'll, we'll look at the squirrel cage and pull everything out of there. Right. So it's the ones that really fucking light you up. That's our first filter. And then from there we go, okay, well, how much could this make? Is this profitable? Second filter. And then the most crucial filter is, can we do this now? And I'm not saying this is the way that you filter for new products or new ideas or new services and new offerings or whatever it is, new fucking diversified income streams. I'm just saying this is a way to ensure that you're going to get something that fucking lights you up, that can make money and you can do it now. So not something that's going to take six weeks to build or, I mean, six weeks in your business might actually be the perfect amount of time, but not something that's going to take so long or so many resources or so much research that it then becomes like something that can't impact our business sooner than later in this current like cash flow cycle. And this is just to test, just to see, can I diversify my income and start building? What is the most accessible, profitable, exciting idea I have? And we test it. So that's cash flow, right? Is money in, money out. And Again, profitability, different conversation, but the fastest way, the easiest, most accessible, immediate way to increase profitability is to lower expenses. If you think you're at the absolute bare minimum, I would challenge you 
And don't think you got to go from 80% where most businesses are at to 30%. That Absolutely not. But what would going from 80% to 70% in the next three to four months look like? What would that mean? What would going from 70% to 75% by the end of the year look like? That's, that's what we're looking at in terms of expenses and cash flow. Now, on the flip side of it, income. Do we feel consistent and sustainable with one income stream? From there, what might a second look like? That's it. That's all I got. Woo! This is your jam. I get into this and all of it and so much more in the anti-business school. My online course that it's a bundle, right? And so there's a bunch of different modules, what I consider to be the key components of business, everything from connection, networking and relationships, to leadership, to time management and productivity, financial flow, marketing, energetics, and the, the core components that actually create the structure of business. You can tune into one of them. You can tune into all of them. You can watch it from start to finish. You can use it like an Oracle deck and just see what the universe picks for you when you open it up. You can, you can hone in on the areas that you are most excited about or potentially the field, places you feel the weakest. It is a all-you-can-eat buffet <laughs> of business learning. And what I love about it is it's accessible. It's going to be really fucking accessible when it drops along with my Web3 guide that I'm, I'm still playing with the name of. I'd love ideas if you're listening to this at the BZ channel. I will, I will give you a free ELI if you give me a badass name for the Web3 guide. That's $500 value. Energy Leadership Index. And uh, I mean, I'll do that for anyone that sends me a cool fucking idea, man. <laughs> so DM me, email hello at NicoleBZ.com. The community is coming on Discord, especially with all of this Web3 stuff. I've really got to figure, put my money where my mouth is. I've been talking about it for a year now. But, you know, much like diversifying income, it's about finding the capacity and the time and the resources to ensure that when it launches, it's done right. And by right, I just mean like I'm in there for enough time that it is a proper exchange. Anywho, I am blurring now, so I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being here. If this episode, if you dig it, give me a review, give me a star. Apparently that shit matters. Share it. Sharing is caring. And if there's someone that you feel like this might support, shoot it their way. Who knows? He might be creating some valuable exchange right there. So I love you. You're my everything. I do this for you. If you've got questions, let me know. I will create all sorts of resources for you. Thank you. I bid you adieu.